Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Violence has a spectrum, from emotional to psychological to physical. And even then, on that spectrum, it has a spectrum of severity. Occasionally, we find a case so horrific, its violence spreads across all spectrums. And in today's case, we definitely find that. Not only did a gruesome murder take place, but the violence was spread to family, friends, and online. This is the case Abbasid McLean. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. up all fucking day the entire day this has been sitting in the fridge calling my name mm-hmm. and now and you've been whining about it i have been but now it's mine it is oh, oh my gosh and nicole just stared at me while i just well took a yeah drink. i mean what else was i supposed to watch i don't know <laughs> Maybe you can watch our our logo screen over here. Was it doesn't that make it better though? Like that you had to kind of like wait and earn it in a way? Well, yeah, of course. It always does. Yeah. That's why like when you have a cold beer after doing some yard work on a hot summer day, like why it hits so good? It's because you earned it. I'm drinking something I'm not supposed to be drinking right now, but that's okay. You got some hot chocolate on the go. I do. Smells good. But technically, I am in like some sort of transformation challenge and I probably am not allowed hot chocolate, but. (laughs) Hey, you do you. You got to live your life. You do. Uh, They call that self-care, don't they? Yeah. Having extra calories, self-care. Self-care. I don't know. (laughs) Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, there you go. It's self-care. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of self-care. All our patrons get a little bit of self-care when they sign up because they get the behind-the-scenes content, the exclusive content, which happens at the end of every month. And we have a lot of people to thank this week. Why are you smirking at me? Because that was quite a transition. I'm not <laughs> certain if it worked or not. but <laughs> I think it worked. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, so we have a lot of people to thank this week for signing up for our Patreon. Uh, we have Candace Anderson, Tori, Rebecca Carev, Harrison Bierns, Desiree Arlano, I think I made, might have messed that name up. Desiree Arlano is what I'm going to go with. Arlano. Yeah. Yep. Andrea Williams. Andrea Williams. Sorry. Messed that one up too. And Christine Busey. Thank you so much for signing up for Patreon. You guys, right now, they're in the midst of voting for what episode they mm. want. What case? For their, their freebie, right? For their well, freebie. not their freebie, but their, 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 their exclusive Exclusive. <laughs> That's the word I was trying to get. To. Yeah. So they're in the midst of doing that voting and they're... Uh, 
they're going to get a cool episode. Hmm. That was a good out. list of people. It Thank was. You. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your support. It means a lot. Uh, we also had a lot of support recently at our trivia night over mm -hmm. at uh, Deadfall Brewing. Yeah, that was about a week ago. It was. Uh, we had a blast putting it on. Thank you to everyone who showed up. Um, I think we're going to be doing some trivia stuff on our social media because we got a lot of trivia questions now. We do now. Yeah, we have two sets. So, which I think it's about 60 trivia questions that we've come up with. And I think we're going to do some reels or something like that on Instagram and Facebook. So you guys, if you want to check out some trivia stuff, um, we're not saying it's coming out like tomorrow or today, but in the coming week or so, it'll be, we'll start putting a, a few trivia questions out there for you. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, it's, some of those questions are pretty dang tough. You could ask me them now and you've already asked me them like 10 times <laughs> and I still would not remember the answer. Fair enough. <laughs> well, the first time we did it, um, a lot of people got almost all the questions right. There was very few questions that they mm -hmm. they did not get. So this time around, we made the trivia questions a bit harder. And I think we hit it on the on the head with the difficulty level. So because it was still it wasn't too difficult that it wasn't fun. Like, you know, because you're there were some questions. Oh, yeah. I like I know that I know that. But then there was some that you're like, your gears are really turning. Oh, yeah. And we made sure it was a diverse group of questions too. Yeah. So listen to the podcast, listen to our other podcasts. If you listen to Patreon, uh, Netflix documentaries, like you, across the board, you need a diverse group of people to really answer all these questions. Mm -hmm. So we did a good job and so did everyone over on Trivia. But the team that did win only had two people. That Which is true. Which is amazing. Incredible. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie that team was basically consisted of one person even though it was it was two people <laughs> i don't <laughs> not know not naming names but 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 they know they know you think i think they both know <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh you ready for today's case i am you're yep. sure you are um i am but i literally actually have no idea what the fuck it is <laughs> okay to be honest i know you've told me and now i'm sitting well, here well i I'm didn't like, really tell you i told you the the hook that kind of captured my attention when i found it online and i was like oh that sounds wild i'm gonna research it that's all i told okay, you okay well i've forgotten that so. and we're i'll in the middle of this we'll touch on that that hook okay if you will okay okay so this episode um is the episode of Basid mclean and it takes place in the heart of new york city and within new york city lies a district of the bronx now, the Bronx is home to like, the iconic landmarks, such as like uh, Yankee Stadium, where the New York Yankees proudly play their games, right? However, beyond this famed sports arena, the Bronx carries a weighty reputation in terms of safety. As per recent statistics from Neighborhood Scout, the Bronx falls within the 14th percentile for safety nationwide as of 2023, marking it as one of the more dangerous regions across the United States. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's got a reputation. It's, it's, it's tough to be in the Bronx. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, many people who do call it home though, are passionate about their city and they have very strong love for it, which love. Now within the Bronx is where our story today does take place. And we go back to February of 2013. So we are going back just over 10 years ago which I think, yeah, it's February now. So it'd be 11 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, okay. my, my math there was off a little <laughs> bit. And then I was like, wait, I was calling myself on it. Oh, man. Uh, so the people of New York began their day just like any other. You know, buses, cars, and subway routes were, were all filling up with passengers making their way about the city and heading to work. Many people were walking the streets and in true New York fashion, they were minding themselves, head down, 
doing their own big, thing I in think their own like world. Big city fashion, eh? And New York is one of the biggest cities there is, especially mm-hmm. with that big city attitude, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there, there's like you can go like Tokyo and stuff. Like if you really compete with cities around the world, I'm sure there's bigger. But as far as the United States go, New York is it's called the Big Apple for a reason. Totally. Right? Yep. So however, it was hard to turn a blind eye, even if you are just minding your own business, to the horrifying discovery that came to light on this morning. Someone was walking their dog during their morning routine at about 4.30. And it was then that the dog began sniffing incessantly at some garbage bags in the sidewalk. Some garbage bags that were sitting there waiting for collection. Now, in itself, this isn't exactly anything extraordinary. Garbage often contains scraps of food, for example, which could capture a dog's attention pretty easily, right? But something about this was different. The dog wasn't letting up. Now, upon closer look, the person who was walking their dog saw a gruesome sight. Their dog was sniffing at a dismembered human limb underneath some piled garbage. Oh, shit. Okay. So authorities were, of course, called immediately. Mm-hmm. And the block was surrounded. What kind of limb exactly? Gosh. I saw a couple different reports and most of them just said limb. One of them said an arm, but I couldn't clarify. So all I know is a human limb. Do you Okay. Do you remember me? Because I've been to New York once. Um, mm-hmm. Coming back and telling you about like the garbage. I don't think all? so. No. Because I, rem- I can actually vividly remember. Like it was like night. I'm walking down the street and. And the restaurants and just, I don't know if it's still like that, but they just had like their bags just kind of on the side of the sidewalk, like so much garbage. Yeah. And then collection comes around, grabs the bags, throws them in the truck. I don't know, but I was just like, oh, because our city isn't really like that at all. Like our garbage, I guess, is a bit more contained, I guess you could say. Well, in a big city like that, it's really hard to just have city garbage cans. Well, totally. Yeah. So I get it, but I just, I'm like walking down the street now and I can- picture this yeah yeah well can you not picture, the limb. Can you, i was about to say can you picture an arm thrown in that pile <laughs> no. too no thank no, goodness that's gosh, good that's, that's, gosh. that's a good thing um now the authorities of course searched the trash pile and they began searching other trash piles up and down the street because that's exactly what it was just like you're talking about on the sidewalk piles of of trash bags just waiting for collection that morning it's yeah. not like it's just like garbage just strewn about it's it's a pile They're going to be collected in a few hours sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what they found were the remains of a woman. Piece by piece, they found her hacked and cut pieces scattered in garbage bags across multiple piles. They found her decapitated head, her right leg, torso, and hands and arms. Oh, wow. All of her remains were were found within the same area around Eagle Avenue, 158th Street, 156th Street and Caldwell Avenue. The dismembered body and remains, some of which were still wearing the clothing articles that the individual was slain in, would soon be identified as a 45-year-old woman by the name of Tanya Bird. That's brutal. So they kind of seem like they went about trying to hide this, but they did a terrible job. Yeah, they were hoping that the body would just get thrown out with the garbage and... I mean, it clearly didn't. Well, they went to the length of at least, I guess, going around putting it in different piles. They did. But But still. All within about one block. Huh. So it doesn't really, it didn't go very far. Yeah. But also that is so sad too, that you're like 
take someone's life and then you're just out with the trash like with the garbage like oh gosh now i I do want to say like can you literally imagine just walking your dog one morning and just oh human arm that's honestly a worst nightmare of mine (laughs) is it really oh yeah I freak, I, I think about sometimes our dogs finding something <laughs> that I would not want them to find. I mean, they've come back with like bones and stuff before, but it's usually like, because we're in like a, like moose a, or deer. Yeah. We're out in the country and it's like, there's hunters around that like they throw discard from a, a game kill, you know, in the bush once in a while. And they come back with like a, a bone that's been there for a year or two. And okay. But question, do you ever examine what they find and do would you know if it was something other than a wild animal? Uh, usually, yeah, because it's generally very obvious that it's like, oh, that's a big ass bone. That's from a moose or something. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. Because ne- thinking about it, I'm like, shit, I don't really examine the bones. But yeah, they're usually generally quite a bit bigger. Yeah. Now, this woman, Tanya Bird, uh, who was found. Uh, she had been dismembered and stuffed inside several separate heavy-duty garbage bags and added to the piles. Um, but even within those garbage bags, she was then stuffed inside multiple uh, duffel bags as well. And, of course, dispersed for disposable on the, disposal on the piles. So police soon co- contacted Tanya's family. They also found that her son, Basid McLean, had reported her missing at the precinct in the Bronx just the day prior. He told police about how he hadn't been able to contact his mother for at least a day, which was very unusual for her. See, Tanya had another son who was six years old and had Down syndrome. She was always making sure that she provided the care that she needed for him. And that's what she lived for. That's Mm -hmm. what she did. She was to be there for her son and taking care of him. Now, the son the authorities were talking with, Basid, continued to tell them everything he knew including how a former boyfriend of his mother's dropped by on Monday and that this was the last time that he saw her. To quote him, quote, he came over yesterday and walked out with her in the morning, yesterday morning. Tanya's sister, Cassandra, believed that her sister's allegedly abusive ex-boyfriend was responsible for the horrific murder and dismemberment of Tanya. Is it? Okay, can I ask a question quickly? Is that the same boyfriend that the son? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And to quote Cassandra, Tanya's sister, Mm -hmm. quote, I told my sister to stay away from him, but she said he's harmless and not to worry. Uh Uh-oh, he sounds like bad news. Cassandra also described her sister as a loving mother and being very devoted to her son and his needs. He was the joy in in her life. Oh, man. That's sad. Basid also provided photographs of his mother for from his phone to police. This helped them able to confirm that Tanya was in fact the victim they found because they were looking at missing reports along with the decapitated head they found mm-hmm. and now linking it with the photo he provided. At first, though, it seems that the family was willing to help and find Tanya in any way that they could. I mean, he's showing photos. There's a missing report, right? They did they did, did all they could. They're talking with officers in regards to whatever questions they ask and everything. But something was standing out for the officers from the moment that they actually stepped in to their home and began talking to him. You see, the home reeked of bleach. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right away, you would just be like, la fuck. Yep. Oh, no. So you have someone who's dismembered. Which would be a brutal mess. 
And what do you use to clean up blood? Bleach. Bleach. So they walk into the oh. home where she lived and they're saying, oh yeah, she went missing yesterday. We don't know what happened to her. Maybe this guy, we're going to offer you a person to look into mm-hmm. while you're standing here being like, uh-huh, why the fuck does it smell like bleach in oh, here so much? Oh my gosh. Because like sometimes, I mean, some people still use bleach for like their laundry and Oh, and, and cleaning and everything. But it's, it's not a super common smell that you're, that you would just notice going into someone's house or it'd be like pretty faint or whatever. Like, you know, they're just using a bit of bleach. Yeah. When you use a little bit of bleach in your laundry or if you're cleaning up your counter or something like that, you're not using like a gallon of fucking bleach to make your whole house smell like it. Unless you used it like five minutes earlier. Oh man. But usually it's like a little spray bottle or something like that. You're just cleaning up a little bit or like you say, a little bit in your laundry, things like that. But even still, many people, and I believe this was an apartment complex, they wouldn't have laundry in their unit. Right. Brutal. Now, the investigation into the home, of course, quickly began. They now had warrants because, I mean, this is where she lived. She's dead. So it's like, we need to search her fucking home, right? Mm-hmm. So as they were looking for evidence in the whole home, they, they, they certainly found evidence. They found the equipment that was used to carve up Tanya's body. And eventually, they even found some extremely gruesome photos on Basid's phone. What the shit? The sun? Is that the sun? That's the sun. So while executing a search warrant and searching his phone, they found images where Basid had posed and taken selfies with his own mother's lifeless and dismembered body. One in particular, he was posing in front of a bathroom mirror. You know how you like take a selfie in a bathroom mirror, right? He was doing that while holding up the bloody head of his mother like a trophy. His decapitated mother's head, he's holding it up and using his phone to snap a photo as a keepsake. What the actual fuck? Yeah. Is he okay? Like, uh, uh, I don't think I can ever take a selfie again. Well, the the worst part here in the photo, you can see he's got a smirk on his face while posing. And he killed his mom? Yeah. The Holy whole, shit. The smirk, though, is the most disturbing factor to me, particularly. I mean, of course, don't get me wrong. He's, he's holding up a decapitated head of his mother. But he's fucking smirking Ugh. at the same time. Oh, man. Yeah. That, okay, there has to be something, um, like, I'm wondering wrong with him. Well. Or, like, he has something... <laughs> We'll we'll get into some of this stuff. Don't worry. Um, But now this is where some rumors have floated around online regarding this case. And this is where that hook lured me in. Okay. So allegedly Basid had taken this selfie and posted it online to one of his social media platforms, even before police were ever involved. Uh, So typically people say that the platform he posted it was on Facebook or something because only friends and family saw it. Uh, So there, someone immediately saw the photo and reported it and Facebook took the photo down for violence and that is how he got caught. Some versions of the story state that the authorities never actually saw the unblurred version of the photo um, because the the blurred version is readily available online. Like right now you can go look it up and it's blurred. You cannot see a head whatsoever, but you can clearly see him. You can see him. He's holding something up and you can see the smirk on his face. And it's actually his mom's head? It is. 
But some say that police were never able to see the unblurred version because Facebook deleted it so fast. Regardless of this version, I'm pretty sure that those claims are false. I could not find any article or evidence that alleged the photo had been posted online. The only reports that I have found are where the authorities find the images on his phone. So this is where I was lured in because I was like, holy shit, someone like decapitated their mother and posted photos to Facebook sort of thing. That's false. He did those things. He did take the photo, but posting it online, as far as I can tell, never happened. Okay. I mean, it's still like next level what he did. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. But it's fucked. Could you imagine that's the way that you would find out that like a loved one or friend had died? Oh, man. I don't know if your life would ever be the same after if if, if that had been the truth. I don't think so. You yeah. just see a photo of your loved one's head being held oh, up. Oh, my gosh. By their son. I'm yeah. like, this case is like mortifying. Oh, it is. Now you understand why it captured my attention so fast online. Yeah. Uh, so Basid, though, moving on, he was let out of the house in handcuffs, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, in the apartment, it was found that Basid's little brother was also present during the attack and the dismemberment. What? But he was six. He was six years old and he has Down syndrome. Oh. Fortunately, he did not see any of it directly. So he did not witness it, though. He was there when it occurred. That is so disgusting. So disgusting. I also, my mind, I cannot turn off being in that home and like doing the whole black light situation because I imagine that there would be a lot, a lot. Now, why Basid did what he did is heavily speculated, but the most accepted motive that he had was that he, or sorry, that we have is that he allegedly held a massive amount of resentment against his mother because Basid was raised in foster care as a child while his mother, Tanya, battled with drug addiction. Okay. So he eventually came back to live with her and his younger brother when he was 18 years old. Once she had cleaned up and become more of a present mother. Hmm. But once Basid was living with them, he was later suspected of abusing his younger brother whose body began displaying bruises and other signs of abuse. Gosh, this guy's just... Yeah. So he's abusing. And I mean, at the time, his younger brother's six. Yeah. I'm presuming this has been going on for quite some while. So his six years and younger brother with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. he is abusing. I'm sorry, you... I don't know if there's anything you can do to get any lower than this dude. Like this is... Like Locked. the kid having Down syndrome or not, it's terrible. But then oh yeah, also like I feel like people who um, have Down syndrome are just like just the joy. They just have so much joy. Oh yeah, and like I just can't imagine ugh, doing well, that. There's that Gosh. one one comedian. Fuck, I can't remember his name. He was I was just watching a clip of him like an hour before this podcast because he was on SNL just the other night. Um, Shane Gillis, I think. Anyways. He has family with Down syndrome and he's got these, these bits and everything. And he compares uh, like his uncle Danny, I think his name was, he's like, they're like dogs. They're just having like a great fucking time, like consistently. They're just Mm -hmm. always fucking happy. Yeah. And like, he's right. They're just consistently happy. Mm -hmm. They're a fucking light in the world. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. They did. They do bring a lot of joy. Yeah. For sure. 
Um, now, Basid, on the other hand, I'm pretty sure he didn't bring very much joy in this world. He brought a lot of uh, fucked up shit instead. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, so Basid was apparently extremely jealous for the attention that his mother was giving his younger brother. Uh, and it is believed that he took out much of his aggression on him whenever he had the opportunity. Now, Basid's grandfather, James McLean, said that his grandson, Basid, often did destructive things and had trouble. He was They always had trouble kind of controlling him as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, as he grew into adulthood, his actions only became worse. And he was now a grown man with grown man strength to carry out the destructiveness. Uh, okay. Because of who Basid had come, become, Tanya herself was terrified of her own son. Recently, he was put on probation, actually, after attacking two police officers with a knife in 2010. He was a dangerous man, and it was only a matter of time until he took violence out in their home. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It was reported that the snapping point that caused the attack was when Tanya asked her son, who was, at the time, 23 years old, to grow up and move out of the apartment and become a man. Mm. Frustrations had been growing in the home since the three of them, Tanya and her two sons, all shared a bedroom in the small apartment. Basid had gotten out of control by this point. It was no good for them to be around him. Mm -hmm. Well, especially if she's in her home and she's like afraid. Yeah. Like I can totally understand. She's afraid not only for her safety. Mm -hmm. The younger one is clearly being abused. Yep. So I can understand wanting him to move out clearly well and it sounds like she had him there for about five years or so which yeah moved in at 18 he's 23 now yeah which is plenty of time to for him to hopefully try to you know get get get, shit together going yeah Yeah. now i do want to say this i understand like you don't have to just be like hey get the fuck out of my house because you're old enough now like people can live with whoever for however long Mm -hmm. age isn't a factor totally yeah Uh, or it shouldn't be a factor anyways but the fact remains is he's dangerous as fuck. He needs to get out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, five years is a long time to put up with a dangerous individual and give them a chance. Well, especially if they are affecting your other, like your well-being and your other kids' well-being. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Now, however, instead of respecting what she was asking to move out, instead he decided to, you you know, just, I don't know, murder her in cold blood. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So after stabbing her to death, he then dismembered her body with the assistance of another man. Another man? The second man would soon be identified as one of Basid's friends, 26-year-old William Harris. Holy shit. What kind of friend just helps you do that kind of shit? No kidding. So together, the two of them went to the hardware store in the Bronx and purchased an electric Black & Decker power saw and rubber gloves. Wow. Okay. From there, they returned home and began the bloody process of cutting up Tanya's body into smaller pieces. Why the fuck are they cutting the body up? I guess it's just to make it more manageable. Yeah, easier to dispose of, I guess. 
Oh, I just think that's so disturbing. But I also have a quote directly from Basid that'll address that later. Okay. Um, Do I want to know? Probably not. Surveillance video outside the apartment building shows both Basid and William carrying numerous bags out of the building's elevator before wheeling them away in a shopping cart down the street. And then, of course, not returning with them later. Afterwards, when they were done cutting her up and disposing of her remains, they returned and began cleaning the murder scene with bleach. They, however, didn't do the best job as there were still blood evidence and stains to be found. 23-year-old Basid McLean was, of course, arrested and charged with the murder of his mother. William Harris was also arrested on charges of unlawful dissection of a human body and hindering prosecution during the interrogation. Now, I'm not too sure what he did to um, pertain that hindering prosecution during the interrogation part, but it was a charge he was being charged with. It is no surprise to me. I mean, while being questioned by the authorities, what do you think they did? Pointed the finger at each other. Okay. I was like, I was going to say lied, but I was like, I don't know. No, Besides like William did it. And William's uh, like Besides did it. Well, Besides a freaking idiot because I'm <laughs> sorry. Who the hell would think William did it? Right. The whole, the, okay, I can't stop shaking my head to this case. I don't know if you've noticed, but. Oh, I've noticed. It's just, um, yeah, my head is on a swivel right now because this is so, so messed up. Well, I do want to clarify at this point, I'm not sure if they had the photos off his phone just yet. So in a in a linear fashion of the story, I don't know if they quite have the warrant for his phone right now. Yeah, but still. Like, but still, still yes. I don't think anyone would think it's the friend over the kid, probably, right? Especially yeah. this kid's history. And I just have to mention, too, so the whole time that they are dismembering and then packing up her body and, like, going and spreading it to other garbage piles mm -hmm. the little six-year-old brother is just like at home correct so i'm sure and, he ha would have, and having no idea what's going on i'm sure he would have had some idea because <sighs> they dissected her body and then left and came back to clean so i'm sure he would have seen the apartment <sighs> bloody as fuck oh no just say for the sake of the argument they put him in the bedroom while they're cutting her up okay because you can't even be sleeping through this. So, no. Yeah. But there, there's the points when they leave the apartment that he probably would have had free reign and would have been able to see the murder scene. So as far as them pointing fingers at each other, though, let's get back on track. Basid claimed that he left the apartment at around 3 a.m. on Monday morning to withdraw some cash. However, when he returned, he found his friend, who I presume he was stating was left at the apartment, William Harris, had stabbed his mother to death in his absence. William was known to the police. He had a history with arrests, holding a criminal record of 12 prior arrests. Now from here, William had then threatened to kill both him and his younger six-year-old six brother um, if he didn't help dispose of the body. So Basit helped. Huh. That's his story. Okay. I mean, I didn't realize, I guess, well... well. I didn't think William was a real winner, but I didn't realize how much of a shit show he was too. So, Well, William, however, painted a different picture. He claimed that Basid had already killed his mother by the time that he had found out about it. Basid had shown him pictures of her body on his phone, which, yeah, we know oh. actually 
he had. Yep. Selfies. Yep. Um, and he showed them to him while he was on the subway with them. And there he had begged his friends, his friend to help get rid of her remains. So at this point, she's not dismembered. They're on the subway together. So she's dead in the apartment alone with her six-year-old oh, son. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I, yeah, this is just get, getting worse. I need another hot chocolate. <laughs> this is unreal. It's fucked. Now, we already know that Basit had these photos on his phone. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to discern which story is more believable. And I'm sure yeah. right around this point is probably when they got the search warrant for his phone, or they may have already had his phone, but searching it, I'm not sure. But by now, they definitely have the photos. Eventually, though, the story didn't, didn't matter that Basid was trying to paint. Basid would ultimately confess to the crimes after police found a shower curtain missing at his apartment. The shower curtain was later found wrapped around his mother's body parts in one of the bags that was dumped on the curb for collection. Hmm. I have to say, too, okay, two really quick things here. I'm okay. shocked that they were even able to find this body, like, in the garbage so quickly and stuff before any of it was collected, you know? Like, that almost seems like a small miracle. Well, it was 4.30 a.m. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I in mean, a if, sense, if really. If that person wasn't walking their dog, yeah. maybe they wouldn't have I feel like it. it could very easily have just been taken away. Yeah. Um. My gosh, I can't even. Oh, okay, this is the other thought. The other thought is I'm actually shocked that he didn't kill his brother too. Yeah. Just thinking about this and how much of a terrible person he is. Yeah, you're right. He could have very well. And if he did harbor resentment towards him. Yeah. Yeah. He already was abusing him, right? Exactly. So I'm actually a little bit shocked. No, you have a good point there. Actually, I never even thought of that. Hmm. Um. Now in court though, Basid would later, you know, make his appearance there. And apparently as he showed up in court, he was wearing uh, a garbage bag. And according to his defense attorney, he had began, begun urinating on himself and had no other clothing. So he showed up wearing a garbage bag. What the actual fuck? Yeah. So the defense attorney continued and stated that Basid was off his medication and that his client was going to be under psychiatric evaluation. You don't say. However, he never did elaborate on what that medication was exactly. To me, this seems like a ploy to paint insanity in the courtroom. We'll have you walk in oh, in a garbage bag. Oh, gosh. So would a lawyer actually do that just to win? I mean, a, win? a desperate attempt for, the, for him to get his client to basically, you know, get away with murder because, hey, insanity. Right? Yeah, but this person really needs to be kind of behind bars for quite a while. Yeah. To but, put it quite nicely, actually. Yeah. And I do want to say that the whole like ploy to paint insanity thing, that that's my speculation. That's mm -hmm. not anything I read. This is me saying that seems suspicious to me. It's one thing to say he's off medication. It's another to say psychiatric care, but it's a whole nother thing to say, walk in the courtroom wearing a garbage bag. We'll say you are pissing yourself. And we have no other clothes. What kind of fucking respectable well, fucking lawyer yeah. would allow their client to walk into the courtroom in a fucking garbage bag? Because I think there would be another way to deal with that. Like there exactly. would be something else you would think. If I were that lawyer, I'd be talking to the judge. Judge, this is the situation. Give me 10 minutes so I can run down the fucking street and buy this dude some fucking pants. Yeah. Because no way am I going to let my client walk in here in a garbage bag. That's very true. Yeah. And I mean, if you explained that, I feel like to the judge, 
they would grant you those 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 100%. But I also do very much so th- think that there's something going on here. You know, that he, like the being off his meds thing makes some sense. Well, anything I could find regarding those medications, uh, that that's all I know. There was no other mention of medications whatsoever. Hmm. But I, he, see, my thought process is you can't do shit like that if you're just like totally sane. I, I can't fathom that someone yeah. would just be able to kill their parent. You have, was, a, you have a point. I don't know. Now, initially, though, Basid uh, continued to press his innocence in the courtroom, shouting, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't need anything at all. And I'm assuming in response to needing anything at all, he's referring to psychiatric evaluation. Well, he does need some clothes. Yeah. His legal team continued and argued that he was mentally ill and did not know what he had done wrong. They went as far as holding up a photo of Tanya and her severed head being held up by her son in the courtroom for jurors to see. Basid's legal representative, Lynn Kalvaka, asked, quote, does this look like someone who knows what he is doing is wrong? Which is a fair point. And I'm playing devil's advocate here. Totally makes sense. Someone holding up a decapitated head, smirking like that when it's the mother, that doesn't seem like someone who knows what they're doing. No. However, in the same argument, I think that smirk on his face in the photo says he knew exactly what he did and he was fucking proud of it oh my gosh okay you know how lots of times i've said i've wanted to be on a jur a jury <laughs> yeah that not now i don't know because that i don't think is an image that anyone should really have to see no like that's brutal i agree huh but i guess they had to kind of show that i don't know gosh Ugh. Well, the defense continued and argued that the client is a mentally ill man suffering from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Okay. They stated that he had been hearing voices since he was a child and that incarceration would do nothing to help him. A tape would later be played in the courtroom as well. One where Basid admitted to butchering his mother. He said, quote, and this is where I said that we would touch on the butchering thing mm, later. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, quote, If you don't have the stomach to cut them up after killing them, then you're a coward. Oh, oh, no. Yes. Oh, man. They have that on recording. Okay. This is just the shock factor of this shit. Why did he cut her up? Is it just for, you know, easier discardment or is there a little more at play? Oh. Is it more of a flex? Is it more of a infatua- infatuation with I'm fucking manly and I can do this and it doesn't bother me? Hmm. You know? Okay. Oh, I don't even know what to say. Well, I'll continue. So you okay. can just kind of put your head down for a wow. second. Wow. Uh, Basid was later found guilty of second degree murder. And before he was sentenced, Basid said this, quote, Whatever sentence you'll give me doesn't matter. It was something that happened. I did it. I apologize. Oh, that sounds like a very sincere apology. Right? So since he was found guilty of second degree murder and his following sentence that he received of 25 years to life in prison, I am assuming, though I did not find any documentation of it, I am assuming that he went through psychiatric evaluation and was found fit to stand trial. But the thing is, he's young. He's probably going to get out. And I'm a 
little bit surprised by the second degree in a sense. I mean, sort of feel like it should have been first. I can't even remember which one's which anymore again. Well, I thought what? first is like first is you planned it. Maybe they're saying he didn't necessarily plan it. Well, it was like yeah. a fit of rage. Yeah, I think still. I think you're right. Yeah. No, I don't think there was any premeditation within this. Because I mean, she said something and he was like, okay. I guess you know? he wasn't like the previous night planning out it. No, yeah. Okay. Uh, so on the day of the sentencing, though, some of the family members spoke publicly about what had happened. Basid's 75-year-old grandfather, James, said he would forgive him for killing his mother, but would never forget it. Well, geez, I'm surprised he even said he'd forgive him. Yeah. Basid's sister, Porsche, uh, sorry, Portia, uh, said she said that he destroyed her faith in humanity by taking away the one person in her life who believed in her. Cassandra McLean, Tanya's sister, said that her nephew was a danger to society and should be jailed for life. If he could do this to his own mother, imagine what he could do to a stranger. Mm-hmm. And she followed up by saying, quote, Today, my sibling and I say goodbye, knowing this will be the last time we will ever see you and the last time you will see the family who loved you unconditionally. And she also said this, quote, I don't hate him. I pity him. Oh, man. Yeah. Those are, she did, she could, did some good statements there. She did. And Cassandra is actually now the one who is caring for Basid's younger brother. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. Now, that is the end of the story of Basid McLean. However, while in most cases, this is the end of an episode and mm -hmm. we kind of banter for a few minutes, talk yeah. about our thoughts and everything. You got me worried here. What's going on? Today, it's different. Today, the episode doesn't just end. It leads into another. It leads into another case, which is not going into another episode. It's just the case here that we're going to talk about and continue. Okay. Okay. You see, before Basid savagely attacked his mother and chopped her up to be thrown in the garbage, I missed out a portion of his life. Basid was married to a woman called Vera McLean, who later changed her name to Zara Coombs uh, after her husband had committed some, some certain crimes and she wanted to disconnect from, from that name. Can't blame her. Okay. Yeah. So after, after Basid had killed his mother, she's like, yeah, not married to you anymore. Oh my name. yeah. You know, disconnecting from that shit. Very fair. Yeah. yeah. So can't blame her for that. Uh, so she was raising their son who had just turned three months old. Basid was a father. So the aunt Cassandra said that her nephew and her had met in a group home and that their family was against marrying her from the very beginning. It wasn't her they were protesting, though. It was Basid and him not being fit as a father or a husband. Quote, he was no good. He was a bully. He didn't work. He lived off his mother. He couldn't understand what she saw in him. So Basid's son, because he was a father, <sighs> who was now four years old, was targeted by his mother when he accidentally dropped an egg on the floor in the kitchen. As a result, she took a broom handle and began to beat her son to death with it. Afterwards, she put him in a plastic storage bin filled with water. Cassandra McLean said, quote, a child kills his mother and then mother kills her child. Ridiculous what they are coming to. Ain't this crazy? Okay, what the shit happened? His wife killed. Yes, Zara beat their son to death with a broom handle. And she felt like she needed to change her fucking last name? Yes. She also is a complete piece of shit. 
Yes. What the heck? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Here I thought that we were done with this. No, like I told we- you this, this is a little different today. It leads into something different. Wow. Okay. So during an interview, Zara cried while discussing her son's death. Quote, he's gone. It's all my fault. My life is over. Nothing will ever be the same. My baby is gone. So she blames her snapping and rage on postpartum depression and claims that she can't remember hitting her son with a broomstick at all. As she says, her memory is blacked out and all she recalls is a mix of noises, including TV blaring and cries from one of her other kids, her one-year-old and one-month-old. At the time, her son was trying to help her make lunch. He loved food and wanted to be a chef when he grew up. Zara said that she remembers her son being alive after she blacked out. She said, quote, he looked at me, but he didn't say anything. I said, okay, baby, let's get you a warm bath. From there, she said that she apologized and told the toddler that she loves him before putting him in a storage bin for a bath. And then shortly after that, fell asleep while trying to breastfeed her one-month-old baby. Later, she was woken up by her boyfriend who came home from work to find their son unconscious in the bin under the water. He immediately called 911, but the little boy didn't make it. Okay, did the little boy die from the broom thing or from being in the water, I wonder? I'm not too sure which one it was. I I don't know what the cause of death was in this situation, but if he was from under the water, he would have passed out and then gone under the water and then drowned. So the result was still the beating one way or another. Holy heck. It's hard to almost comment on this, though, because of like you saying the postpartum, right? Like, definitely, definitely. I agree 100%. However, Zara's story about what happened changed several times. At first, she said that her son slipped on a wet towel and hit his head on the toilet when she wasn't looking. But during interrogation, she admitted to beating the boy with a broomstick after her patients wore thin and he just dropped an egg on the floor. So the whole blacked out, she doesn't remember, postpartum thing, bullshit. Mm. There are people who really suffer from postpartum. Maybe she is too. Regardless, she knowingly still beat her son to death with a fucking broom because she remembers it and she knows she did it. Even in the, the story I read, her version... Her later version, she apologized before drawing him a bath, which is also key there to show she remembers doing something. She fucking knew. And he was, sorry, three years old? Four. Four years old. Yeah. Oh, man. So after he dropped an egg, after the, her four-year-old son dropped an egg on the floor, she grabbed a broomstick, beat him till he was relatively silent before she went back to caring for her other kids. Hmm. Now, the night before this occurred, police had just been at her residence for a domestic dispute between her and her boyfriend. Now, there are three children, one nine, one one-year-old, and one one-month-old at the time, were taken out and put into the care of Child Protective Services. Okay. <laughs> so that is the story about Basid McLean and his son. Huh. So, and so the boyfriend, okay, I'm just, this, she had the other two kids with someone else or something, right? I uh, guess. Okay. Yes. 
Oh, gosh. I don't even know how how to proceed How to process any of this? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Now you know why at the very beginning I'm like, I've been eyeing up this beer all fucking day. No shit. How did you not open that earlier? I would have. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. But doesn't it make it taste so much better now that you earned it? (laughs) You earned it earlier. I would have totally been drinking that earlier. The reason you saved it, though, is too, because that's your last one. I know. Let's be honest here. It's my last one, and I needed to open it for the show. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Huh. So what I thought this story was going to be, it wasn't, and it turned into so much more. Yeah. So what was the saying that you said? A man... A son kills his mother, a mother kills her son or something? Um, I'll look it up directly. So this is a quote from Cassandra, um, Basid's aunt. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, quote, a child kills his mother and then the mother kills her child. Ridiculous what we were coming to. Ain't this crazy? Huh. Brutal. Yeah. Hmm. And sorry, okay, I'm still like processing. Can you tell? Fair enough, fair enough. That, okay, did the kid, who, did the, the kid die first then? Or the mom die first? Uh, the whole Basid thing? Yeah. Happened first. Okay. Basid killed his mother first. And then I think it was about three years later when Basid's kid yeah, was killed. Yeah, you almost have to just wonder if, if you know... You know, she, uh, I know what you're, you're wanting to say. uh, If she did it out of spite because of who his father was. Yeah. Which is so disturbing. It's so disturbing. It is. And it's absolutely fucked. Cause that crossed my mind too. This little boy wanted to be a chef. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just, well, to make it even worse. No, you can't. I have, I have to, I have to now. I took this out. No, I'm putting it in. No. Um, so the little boy, because he wanted to be a chef and he loved food so much, he would call people he loved things, food he loved. Like if he called you a chicken nugget, it's because he loves you. You were his chicken nugget. Thanks. You're welcome. That is one of the saddest things I think I've ever heard in my whole entire life. I know. I took that out to maybe like, you know, lessen the blow of that one a little bit, but we got onto the topic. And then and you just decided. We got it. onto it and I had to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I am. I could just solve right now. So I know. hopefully you guys are, are able to process this one. Uh, I know we can't. I'm having trouble processing this one. And I fucking researched it. It's hard to digest, hard to process. And it makes it all the worse when you attach that second story onto the end of it. It does actually, because now it's like it seems like two beautiful people died. Yeah. For you know, for no reason. Yeah. Like you can kind of sometimes process one, but two is just like you fucked. Yeah. You fucked. That's our next merch. <laughs> you fucked. <laughs> I'm still waiting for another another Carl case to come up where we're like, <laughs> oh. not cool, Carl. I know there has to be another one. Hey, we should specifically dive in and find. If anyone knows of one, let us know. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, Anyways, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you as always. Our links are down below. We got YouTube where we're super active now. Um, You can watch super active. You can watch the the video version of this podcast on one of our YouTube channels. Both links are in the description. Um, 
Instagram, Facebook. Like I said, we're going to be posting some, some trivia stuff here coming up on social media. Patreon's down below. You can go sign up for exclusive stuff there. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah. That was a doozy. Sorry to uh, to hit you with that one today. Yeah. But I felt it was it was one that should be covered. Oh yeah, I mean they all the, the stories need to be told. Definitely, so. and and it's also it's dismantling myth that is being per- perpetuated online because I saw mm. like this is starting to gain some traction. This story on places like TikTok and Instagram, I ran into it a couple times, where and every one of them are saying that he posted those photos online. No, he didn't. Facts are important in cases mm-hmm. like this. Um, not true. Just simply not true. Yeah. At least as far as I could tell. If you could provide evidence, please do. But I have not seen a single shred of it. Yeah, that's that seems it does seem a little bit far fetched. Yeah. I mean the whole thing does really though. It does. But anyway, now you gotta finish that beer. Yep. I'm gonna go finish this beer and maybe cry myself to sleep. And uh and until next time. Stay wicked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.